Welcome back to a whole nother episode of On The Porch. We back here with another episode of On The Porch. And like I tell y'all every week, guys, we're going guest for guest for guest. The people that's behind the scenes make the most money. Let's let's just let's just be completely honest here. Guys, he is a real estate investor, just a businessman overall. Man, I'm just gonna allow him to introduce himself and tell him tell you guys what he does. Uh Benny Fuello, I'm a real estate investor, I'm a businessman. Um so yeah, I'm originally from the Congo. I grew up in France and I've been in the US for 12 years now. Yeah, so essentially broke my first week in the US go from that to owning 44 million dollars in real estate like a few years later things kind of slowed down a little bit for me but then 2021 that's when i made two million dollars wholesaling what i would recommend people is to diversify use wholesaling as a way to make money but then you need to start renovating some houses and buying a holding and maybe getting creative financing maybe that's how you get to overall maybe 10 million dollars or more you know i don't think that wholesaling is meant to be predictable Wholesaling is meant to be a strategy you use to get cash. Yeah, That's it. Mm. I can just go somewhere. I just know it's a deal. It may not make sense right away, but I just believe in my ability to perform and be able to achieve what I'm trying to get to. So I may not have all the cash flow right away, but I can see the vision. I can say, well, you know, I got a couple vacant units. So if I turn these units, I'm going to achieve the cash flow that I want. You know, that's what I always tell people. Use your job as an investor because you're exchanging your time for money. But what are you doing with that money? Is the most important thing. It's not so much about your job. Right. So use that job as your first investor. Take the money, invest in your business. Welcome back to a whole nother episode of On The Porch. Guys, I told you guys we are going crazy. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, go over to our other platforms. Leave us five stars. Say something nice and move us up those charts. But other platforms, I mean Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever that is, just to move us up those charts. And guys, look. If you want to support us, I know a lot of people have been trying to figure out how do I support these guys? How do I how, how can I help these guys continue just getting better, better production, better quality, all that stuff? Leave us a super chat. Say something nice. And me and BJ have been masterminding on this membership and we got some stuff coming. So if I were you, I would go ahead and join the membership. We talking about weekly calls. We talking about monthly calls with the special guest that's been on that's gonna give y'all a straight game we've been we've been talking about all this stuff monthly meetups quarterly meetups whatever that is so look just don't miss out go ahead and join bj amen amen amen, amen. no cap asia boy underscore bj real we back here with another episode of on the porch and like i tell y'all every week guys we're going guest for guest for guest we're getting bigger and better every time, guys. And we have another special, special guest with us today. We have another special guest, guys. I mean, you I don't know if you all know him, but you know the people that's behind the scenes make the most money. Let's let's just let's just be completely honest here. I don't know where he I, I've seen him a couple of times. I was like, uh, then he popped out with a Ferrari, and I say, Oh, he's him. Whatever he does, I need to know. Man, we got my boy, Benny Fuello. Guys, he is a real estate investor, just a businessman overall. Man, I'm just going to allow him to introduce himself and tell him, tell you guys what he does. 
Hey, y'all, man. I really, really appreciate y'all, man. This is a good setup, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then what he does, I like to actually watch a couple episodes. Like, hey, man. <laughs> oh, man. That was beautiful, man. So, yeah, my name is Benny. Benny Fuelo. You actually said that right because people... Let's go. Can't even tell you how to kill my name. <laughs> but uh, Benny Fuelo, I'm a real estate investor. I'm a businessman. Um, so, yeah, I'm originally from the Congo. I grew up in France, and I've been in the U.S. for 12 years now. Yeah, just chasing the American dream, man. That's it. It's it. It seemed like you're obtaining it. So, I mean, where did this start? Like, I know you're from the Congo. When did you move to the United States? I moved here when I was uh, 18, turning 19. Oh, wow. So, I'm it wasn't that long now. ago. Yeah, I mean, what, 12 years now? Yeah, that was. So, so, this right, yeah. What, what, brought, what brought you over here? So, the crazy thing is that I won a lottery. What? So, what? Hey, bro, listen. <laughs> I, I was not supposed to be here. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I was not supposed to be here. So, one of my buddies was, um, I think a random day, I woke up in the morning and I just thought about, you know, calling my friend, called him. I was like, yo, what you doing? He's like, yo, I'm, I'm entering my information in this lottery. I'm like, yo, what is it? You know? And he told me about it. I was like, ah, whatever. What do I need to do? He said, yeah, just send me a picture of you, like a uh, passport photo, whatever, and uh, I'll put your information. And I was like, ah, cool. I really did not even believe in that, that I literally just grabbed my phone and I just snapped the selfie. I was like, yeah, just use this picture. You know what I'm saying? And nine months later, I won. I was selected to come to the U.S. and get a green card and get a citizenship. Wow. So, so what, so what, so what, what lottery is this? When I hear so lottery, I'm thinking, you thinking money? Nah, yeah. it's not. Oh, I've been saying, how oh, much you want? Like, I'm, like, I'm like, whoa, how much you want? Nah, it was, it was, a, it was a visa lottery. So it's called a diversity visa lottery. So the U.S. government had a program. I'm not sure if it's still going. They had a program where they, they wanted to uh, maintain diversity in the country. Mm. So they, uh, they gave every country or a lot of countries in the world a, cer- a certain quota where they can, have people come in. So the, the odds were like one out of 50,000 or something like that. It was like, I was not supposed to like, so essentially wow. I was selected out of every 50,000 people. Wow. So, so yeah, I just got selected to essentially have an opportunity to come here. It's not a money, nothing, man. Like I still had to buy my own uh, ticket to come and figure my life out. So it's just an opportunity to the American dream. So that's why I always mention it because I mean, they just give me a shot, you know? So was that always like a thing that you wanted to do was like just come to America eventually? Not really. Like, to be honest, I was um, I was enrolled in college in France. You know, I had graduated high school. Um, you know, I had a little gap year. So I went to India just traveling. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I was already in college, enrolled in college in France. And then this lottery came about. So I was like, oh, man, you know, let me let me give it a shot. You know, the U.S. is I mean, if you if you don't live here if, from outside the, 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 the country, outside the U.S., People really want to come here, you know? And that's crazy because, you yeah. know, with, with us living here, you know, we, uh, most people, yeah. we talk down on the U.S. Like, this is that, this is that. And they're like, I'll leave this country. And I'd be like, me and BJ Lou be like, we like, bro, I don't <laughs> know, bro. Y'all talking about leaving, but this really like kind of the best country. But I understand what they're saying because when you got here, do you, when, I got a question. So when you got here, do you still see the U.S. as the same as you saw from the outside? Or you look at it a little like, what, how yeah. is that? Like, what's your perspective now? Okay, all right. Take it from me, man. So there are a lot of countries on, 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 in the world where, you know, you, the li- life is great, you know? Yeah. And you can make money, you can live great life. So I wouldn't really say from the point, I don't think the quality, the quality of life is the best in the U.S., mm-hmm. but I think economically, the U.S. makes sense. Right. You know, I think that for me personally, like, I mean, I don't think I was going to make it as far if I was, let's say, in the Congo or in France. Right. I really don't think so. Like, somebody's going to have to show me how I was going to make it. Right. You know, so like I think economically, the U.S. 
um, the best way to say is like the economic upside in the U.S. is just amazing. Like this is the only country on earth where a kid from the Congo, like me, with that came to the U.S. with five hundred dollars in his pocket. That little I blew through that five hundred dollars the first week. I was here. So I was really broke the Easy. first week <laughs> in the U.S., right? It's not hard to. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to. Everything is expensive as fuck here. So, yeah, so essentially broke my first week in the U.S., go from that to owning $44 million in real estate like a few years later. Oh, shit. Like, 44 think, million? Yes, so far. So by the time people watch this episode, I don't know, it's probably going to be 50 million. <laughs> so oh my God. the point is, the point is that, yes, the economic, ups, the economic upside, upside, I'm sorry, in the U.S. is just... It's, it's the cap. It's the capitalism. It's the capital. Yeah, but quality of life. I mean, you can find you can live good anywhere. You know, it depends. You know, it's all. You know. Yeah, we're not but, the best with our taxes, personally. I heard. That? I heard like most of our taxes like goes just to like the military and stuff. Like, yeah, the, Whereas like other countries, they put their tax dollars into like medication, and, yeah, like healthcare. So it really depends like, on what you're looking for. Like me, I'm young. I think that if you're young, I think the U.S. is a great country because you can actually work hard, make a lot of money, and kind of decide what you want to do like right me i don't feel like i'm stuck here like i want to make my money here but you know i want to leave good here as well i love the country i mean i'm super grateful i'm i don't talk down on the u.s to be honest yeah for sure for you sure i'm saying but uh yeah i want to live in france i want to live in africa in the caribbean i want to enjoy life right and i'm a citizen of the world i'm not a citizen just of the u.s you feel mm, me? i like that i like that so yeah. you went to college in france right no i was enrolled in college but i came here when i was eight, nineteen, almost you know so yeah, I went to college here. So you went to college here. So where do you even like start like to just build yourself? Like you said, you yeah, came 40, here with like five hundred dollars. So forty four million in real estate. How, How do you go from man just being broke to forty four <laughs> million in real estate? Just man, walk like, us down that road. It's kind of crazy because I wouldn't really have a short answer. So this is just gonna be me just telling you. Uh, it's gonna be me telling you guys my story. So um, so when I first came, my cousin was living here. Funny enough, he was actually doing real estate. Mm -hmm. My cousin was doing real estate, and um, it's crazy because I really didn't see myself doing real estate. He's actually very successful still now. Um, so yeah, man, like yeah, you know, he had me. I got here, stayed in his apartment. I got in school because I had to learn English first. Right. Because mm. mind you, oh wow, I was you... not speaking English when I got here. Wow. It definitely was. Yes. <laughs> so I had to learn the language first, and then after that, the next step is get a job because you know you got bills, you gotta kind of get accustomed to life, you know. So yeah, the next step was getting a job. So my first job was a dishwasher job. So I was washing dishes at Panera Bread. That's where I got my first job. Stayed there for maybe ten months. You know, saved up a little bit. Kind of got used to paying bills now, saving a little bit, and then from there. Go. I went job after job, and at the same time, also going to school, and then finally, the like years later, I want to say, you know, I got a job at Comcast. Mm. You know, that was in 2017. You know, at that point, I'm already living here. You know, like I got my own up, uh, got my own place. I'm working jobs, but then I got a job at Comcast. That was my highest paying job at the time because it, I'm making 90 grand a year as a oh, salesman. Yeah. yeah, I was doing sales door to door. You know, commission job, if you're good, you make you I know, did that too. You did that too? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're really good, you'll make money. So, you know, thankfully, I was really good at it. So, made good money, and then I got laid off from that job. Wow. But I'm grateful that I got laid off because the skills that I acquired selling were, those skills literally were what, they were, they were the catalyst to me being successful in real estate. Right. Because I just knew how to sell. That was... I think sales is the best skills you can ever have. Wow. So I, I so basically you just 
what what is your thing about jobs so like you i'm pretty sure you don't even talk down on jobs then you know a lot of people they talk down on jobs like uh jobs 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 but really you were able to cultivate the skills that you learned at a job yeah at a job yes i mean naturally i was already like a natural entrepreneur i've always tried a couple businesses you know i kind of didn't tell you guys all that but like i had a trash business i had a consulting business i I had a hard time keeping a job even when i had all these jobs i would always quit and then try business and then if it's not if it doesn't work and then get into the next job right wow but but I'm grateful for the sales job that I had because it really allowed me to be a better businessman, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to uh, position whatever service or pro- product that I had to propose to the market, you know? So, yeah. So, look, I, I don't talk down on jobs, but I think that um, if you have an idea and you can use your job as your first investor, you know, that's what I always tell people. Use your job as an investor because you're exchanging your time for money, but what are you doing with that money? Is the most important thing. It's not so much about your job. Right. So use that job as your first investor. Take the money, invest in your business, and um, until your business can replace your job, then you can quit. Or you can be like me, crazy like me. You can just quit your job, put your back against the wall, and go crazy. Yeah, and I was going to ask that. I was, that's one thing I was going to pull out the story because I'm like, all right, you're saying that you started, you would get a job, save some money up, go try to start a business. Yeah. I mean, most people that's probably watching our episodes probably between 17, 35, maybe. Yeah. So they're pretty young still. Yeah. Do you do you recommend somebody to to do that, or do you tell do you need them to say, you know what, they need to just be at that job and focus on that for a little while and run some money up? It depends on what kind of job. That's the thing. Like, okay. You know, I talk to some guys. You know, even when I raise capital for uh, my, my real estate stuff, you know, I have executive at big companies. I'm not going to ask an executive at JP Morgan to quit their job. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody hates their job. That's true. I'm not asking a, a doctor to quit their job. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or a lawyer. So it depends on what job. I mean, what you describe as a job. So I'm assuming right now we're talking about low yeah, level. Yeah, yeah I get you know, low level job. For yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Not not so, a not a career. Not a career. Okay, a good. So, I mean, look, if you're a dishwasher, for example, or you work at a store, like some retail stuff that's taking too much of your time, and you really have no time somehow to invest into other things that you really want to do that's going to help you level up, I can personally understand why you would quit it because that's what I would have done. Yeah. You know, I'm like, with no judgment, but I also can understand why you would keep a job and try to use that job to help you with your business. So I think it comes down to time management, bro. Like people, we got 24 hours in a day. So if you work a job that takes you eight hours, let's say, let's say nine, right? Commute time. Right. So you have nine hours, but you still have the remainder of the day to do what you're going to do, you know? So you may have to cut down sleep time or entertainment stuff. Like, you're going to have to figure it out. Like, I feel like people use a job as an excuse. They do. Like, you can really have a job and still make it happen. Like, I've seen that so many times that I don't think it's necessary to quit your job, but I will understand if you quit it, maybe it's draining you mentally or something. It's just not the environment that you need to be in. Then I would understand. But if it's just a matter of, oh, let me just quit my job so I can start a business, it's too risky, man. I got you. Because you're going to be out of money and out of a job and then... What's the guarantee your business is going to work? It's not. It's just going to be a failure. Well, kind of you, I guess. I guess it kind of just depends. Don't you think that? You think it just it kind of just depends on how hard you're going to work at it. That is true. I got laid off. I didn't want to quit my job. It was mm. a good paying job. So I got laid off and okay. I was really upset. And I promised myself to never work for nobody else. And the reason why I was really upset is because I was really good at what I was doing. Mm. I was not just an average. Like I was top in the South. Right. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, in Comcast. I was like one of the top sales rep. And they laid me off. It just kind of opened my eyes to understanding that I'm just a number to these big companies, you know? So I just promised myself that I, I would just never go back to work for anybody else. So that was my motivation at the time, you know? But again, you know, hey, 
I'm different, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. So what so what ended up happening? I know they laid you off and you you pretty much and like we could just we could always say this, guys. Most people know this that jobs, when you got a job, they really got so much power over you. Like they got a power when you can how you can feed your family, right? Because really they could just cut that off at any time, like, yep, I don't want you no more. Yeah. Right. So that that's just a lesson in itself. Right, and a lesson that he learned. So after you learned that lesson, what happened when you vowed yourself that you would never let anybody have that control over you anymore? Like, what what happened? Man, like mentally, it was scary. First of all, like it's, it's not easy. You know, it was really scary. So I look at all my credit cards. I was like, all right, okay, for the next few months, I'm gonna leave off of my credit cards. But then I had to be able to replace my job somehow. And to be honest, it's. I didn't know like what was the next move, you know? I was really thinking. So I took a few weeks to think. And as I was thinking, one day I'm watching TV and then there was an infomercial about real estate. Mm. You know? And um they're talking about you can get into real estate, no money, that kind of stuff. I'm like, what? What Sounds year was this? 20, 2017. Late oh, 2017. Wow. Okay. Uh, December 2017. So they're saying like actually November, December, somewhere, somewhere around that time. They're saying like, man, you can get into real estate, no money down. I'm like, man, this thing sounds good, too good to be true. I've heard of it. You know, I've seen it on social media, but I never paid attention to it because, you know, I had other businesses going. I had my job, so I never really, you know, yeah. paid attention to it. But clearly I have no job, so I'm, I'm paying attention to everything. Now, right? <laughs> For sure. So I was like, okay, let me give it a shot. I paid $200, attended the seminar or whatever. And after that, I paid another $1,000 to really get in a three-day workshop, that kind of stuff to really give me all the more knowledge and I, I attended i just educated myself first right to get the the tools and the just kind of get more knowledge into what is it you know what is the strategy that's how i found out about wholesaling real estate mm. you know and um so at the end of it it was a fifty thousand dollar offer clearly i was broke i didn't have it but <laughs> i just you know I just took, yeah it was a fifty thousand oh. dollars to really get into some sort of mastermind but um i paid a thousand dollars to get in to just get the the knowledge that i needed at the time so it was a mixture of like, I got enough information and I'm clearly hungry, right? I need to make it out because I'm living off of credit card. Uh, so at that time, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. So I start driving for dollars because, you know, I'm sure you guys understand. So what, yeah, what is that? What is driving for dollars? Driving for dollars is essentially like you go around town to find like, you know, uh, properties that look like they need some love, like, right? Like grass, tall grass and broken windows. Like any property that look kind of like, you know, they need some sort of upgrades. You know? Right. So I was focusing on those. So I was driving around the whole city of Atlanta and um, finding these properties. I'm loading them up in this app called Deal Machine. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so I'm loading them up in Deal Machine and I will call them sometime right in front of the house. Like, hey, Mr. Seller, I'm standing in front of your house. I was just hungry as hell. Yeah. So just calling sellers and it took me three months, man, until one day I kind of started giving up. I, I ain't gonna lie. Why? Wow. Why you because, I mean, come how on, long man, were you doing before you got a deal? Like, I'm a, I guess months. you, you go, three right, months, okay. almost four months. That's it? So it's not that long. I know. I'm <laughs> Some <laughs> like, people be like, I've been doing a year. But <laughs> one thing about it, though, when people do that stuff, well, it's just something I like to say. I'm just throwing my input in and let you go. But the thing is, a lot of people that start wholesaling, yeah. they don't realize that you're putting the time in, but you're not putting the time in for real. That's why you didn't get a deal. So like, they be like, I ain't get a deal in a year. How many? How often are you calling people? That's true. How many text messages you calling? How many people are you talking to a day? Yeah. If it ain't, if you if you not contacting five hundred, a thousand people in a day. Yeah. Knowing what I know now, <laughs> fast forwards, there's no fucking way it was gonna take me three months to close a deal. Personally. Yeah. Just knowing what I know, I was gonna probably cut that time in half. You know. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 But um, 
Yeah, but it took me three months, which I think is fair. I think on average, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know. I think but I just didn't know. Like, I was just very, like, anxious about making money. You know, you, you know you're on credit card. Yeah. At that point, you're behind credit card payments and just seeing your family kind of like, damn, like, you know, late on rent. Like, life is just stressful, you know. So that's why I felt like three months was too much. So I started kind of giving up. I started applying for jobs again. And I was like, kind of giving up on myself, you know. Yeah. I started looking at jobs. I was like, man, like, I promised myself not to do this, man. But I have to. I got to be responsible. I got family, you know. So, um, but the funny thing is, I, t I always tell this story. Like, I like to really tell the story. One day I'm home and I want to go buy juice at Kroger. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, all right, let me go get some juice. Okay. <laughs> and I, I like to tell that story because a lot of people always kind of shit on me because I drink a lot of juice. <laughs> but, uh, I drink water. Drink water. I was like, juice saved me. And here's how. <laughs> right. So. By the way, I drink water, okay? Yeah. But I just drink a lot of juice, too. Yeah, happy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, I'm home. I, I'm like, yo, no juice in the fridge. Let me go to Kroger and get some juice. So I'm driving, bro, the same street that I always drive when I go to, you know, grocery, uh, to the grocery store. And I notice a house that I never seen on that street. What? And I'm just like, yo, is this creep being here? I'm like, man, all right, I'm going to load it up on the machine on the way back. So I go get my juice, and I come back, and I stop at the crib. I take pictures of the house and I kind of like stop and I walk around and it's vacant. I'm like, yo, I don't have How you never seen this? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, how did I never seen this house? So I took all the information that I needed, you know, the address or whatever, and I look up the seller and I call them and come to find out the the person that picked up was the son of the owner that actually passed away the previous year. Whoa. So his dad passed away a year prior because I think at the time we're like early April. He told me his dad passed away a year ago. And yeah, man, I just, I just want to say I want to get rid of it. I got a couple offers, but I got $90,000 on the table right now. But if you can give me $100,000, i will give it to you. Straight up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'm not really too sure what I'm doing really at the time. Right. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to send you a contract. So I send him a contract. Well, I just, not, without look, looking at cups or nothing. Just like, I'm going to just send it to you. I'm going to just, bro, I'm just desperate. That's crazy. Wow, without um, looking at what? Without looking at comps, which again, I don't recommend because you can waste your time like you that. Can, but yeah. Um, but I'm desperate, man. I'm like, man, I'm going to just take action. This guy clearly is telling me, you got other offers, so let me lock it in. So I said, okay, cool, let's do it. So I sent him a contract. He signed at 100000 And now I'm like, damn, I don't have buyers. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> no buyers. Damn. So I got, this, I got this deal finally, but I have no buyers. So I go online. I look up the Atlanta Real Estate Association, like the local RIA. So I go there and I just shake everybody's hand. I'm like, hey, I'm a, real, I'm a wholesaler. I got deals. I got deals. I'm telling everybody. So I put together a group of five guys that say, yeah, we'll come look at the property. And four of them show up. They look at it. They say they'll send the offers. And one guy called me. He was like, hey, you know, uh, his name is Mr. Malone. I always remember his name. He said, hey, man, uh, older guy. He was like, hey, man, look, I'm late. I got a lot of things going on. But if you can wait for me there, I mean, I'm coming. I'm like, man, like. I'm not getting back to my folks. My I got to get back to, you know what I got to do, but uh, I got 30 minutes for you. This guy show up like an hour late. I'm like, ah, whatever. He looks at the property and he say, okay, you know, how much you selling it for? I'm like, I'm just shooting numbers. I said, yeah, maybe, maybe like, you know, 160. He said, okay, I'll give you 150. Man, listen. I could not believe this guy really telling me, yeah, I can do 150 for this. Could you take it? I'm like, I thought it was bullshitting, like, for real. I would, too. And I, I'm like, I've been doing all the but still think you're bullshit. You know, I'm like, bro, like, you just come, look at it, like, you telling me you give me 150, like, I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, you yeah, know what thanks. I'm, I'm doing the math. I'm like, you're not 50,000 hours. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? But he told me, okay, cool. Um, 
what's your email address? I'm going to call my assistant right now. Uh, how many offers you have? And that time I'm bullshit. I'm like, yeah, I had a lot of people come over. Uh, they're interested. You got to do that. Offers. <laughs> you know, I'm just telling you, I'm just talking my game, you know? He said, okay, right, let me call my assistant right now. We can dock your sonny right now. Uh, how much is the EMD? I'm like, oh, this guy is really serious. Like, he's trying to close me right there at the property. Oh, wow. Like, that's what had, had to happen. happen. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He said, okay, cool. Can I wire the EMD tomorrow morning? Because it was late. It was, I think, probably 6 p.m. at the time. I said, sure. So I do 5K EMD. Yeah, this guy closed me out within 10 days, man. I made 50K on my first deal. Holy yes, shit. Man. Like, he was a serious... 50, so, so, oh, <laughs> so 50, let's break that down. So 50K on the first deal. Obviously, you 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 put some urgency in them, you know, yes. just like, yeah, I got some... Because uh, yeah, you was in sales. Yes, I was You understood, sales. like, so I how... I understood the urgency. Yeah, yeah, you understand, like, I got other people offering me cool. So what was going through your head at the time when, obviously, you was like, he was bullshitting and it was real, but... When did when you re, when did, well, at what point did you realize like this is serious like when I closed, I got uh, the attorney was like yeah we're gonna send you the wire they didn't give me a check, so they wired the money into my accounts, I went to my my bank I withdrew everything fifty thousand dollars cash but I wanted to count it. You wanted to count it. <laughs> that's when, that's when it became real to me. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's literally when it became real to me. And the funny story is that I had one of my homies Steven, at the time, I was kind of wholesaling with him but we never like. You know, yeah, found yeah. success together. So I called him. I was like, yo, where you at? He said, yeah, I'm in Sandy Spring. I was like, I pulled up on you. Pulled up on him. I had $50,000 cash in the car, man. My glove box. I opened the glove box. I was like, <laughs> he was like, yo, what is it, man? You doing drugs? I was like, nah, bro. That's the wholesaling. I was telling you, bro. You quit on me, bro. Holy, oh, and he had quit. Yeah, he was kind of like all over the place, man. Yeah, I fucking, get it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and then I took them out to eat, whatever, man. That's when it was real to me, when I actually counted $50,000 real. Like, it was not real the whole time, man. Like, it was not. Even when I'm signing, uh, this guy said, I'm like, yo, you it know, ain't real, yeah. It ain't real, man. Like, I didn't see the money. And then when the money was wiring my account, I log in, I see it in my account, it still wasn't real, bro. That's crazy. I had to go to Chase Bank. I remember I was banking with Chase at the time, man. I go to Chase Bank, ask them to redraw $50,000, and they gave it to me. Surprisingly, they had it. They gave it to me, cash. And usually, the banks don't have that. They be like, yeah, usually, bank, they, you got to schedule it, but they had it. Like, you just aligned, you know? That's and crazy. I had $50,000, counted it up. That's when I was like, okay, I really made money. And two weeks later, I had another deal. As you know, like when you when you kind of when you prospect in real estate, there are things that kind of like hit later, right? So I had a seller that actually the week before that called me, but he was kind of like dragging it. So as I'm closing that deal, I had another deal on the contract like two days later oh. that closed two weeks after from one of the. You remember there were four guys that came to the property. Oh yeah, they never made me an offer. So oh, okay. I reached out to the same four guy, but they actually liked the other deal better. So I closed the second deal two weeks after my first deal. It was a smaller one. I made sixteen thousand dollars. But eight. It's still sixteen grand. That's sixteen. So grand. within three months of me hustling, I made sixty-six thousand dollars. Wow. That's that's that was, and I never looked back, man. So so uh, yeah. So when you got when you got that when you get in these funds, obviously. What did you do? What, what did you do with the money once you got it? Obviously, why were you thinking like reinvest to the business? Or what, so what like that's when I'm kind of grateful to have it. Like you know, my wife kind of like kept me grounded. Oh wait, you were married at the time. I, I'm married. I'm still married. You know, oh, I'm just wow. not wearing my ring right now, but yeah, you're still, still married. married. Yes. So I know so, that was wow. That's was a big part. Married. Yeah, that's a that's big a big part. part Cause you're you're you telling me you were living off a credit card and they have the money and you were married. I was married. Oh, I know I, she was on your ass. No, I mean, not really, but not really, but clearly, you know, you know, it's kind of. Man, he was like, nigga, you better. You know I'm like, hey, I'm giving you this opportunity to kind of get your shit together. But then, but my wife has always been great because she never made me feel less of a man. You know what I'm saying? That's something mm. I always kind of credit to her because 
even when you know I had I, I had this dream that I'm I'm gonna be a big real estate investor, I shared it with her. She had to do what she had to do to support me. My wife had to drive Uber oh, when wow. my deals were not closing. She was like, ah, fuck it, I pick up Uber to to support. Wow. She did that. So so when I made money, like man, like the way I think, man, I could have blew the bread like quick, man. I was already looking at cars. <laughs> uh, you know when you have sixty six grand in your bank account, you like, like shit, you ain't gonna buy anything I want. Yeah, right now. You, you feel like that. You feel like that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at cars. I'm looking at like, man, what can I do? I'm looking at like, yo, let me take a vacation. Let me get like, I'm getting lazy at the time, right? So, but she was just like, man, clearly we behind on bills. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So take care so, of that first. So we gotta take care of what we behind on, and um, so yeah, we took care of what we're behind on, and then. I, I gotta be honest, I got lazy, man. I got lazy for like six months. Wow. Yeah, I was not really like grinding anymore, man. I was just like, shit. So you said that, I mean. It's a lot of money that can cover you. I mean, that's people's salary for the year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. so I got lazy until November of that same year. That, at that time, we're 2018 now. So November of 2018. Did your funds you know, get low or? Yeah, of course, man. So it got funds, low and you was like, that's, that's, what, like, that's what keep you from being lazy. Got you yeah, back into it. And that time I'm probably looking at like maybe 15, 20 grand. I'm like, shit, shit even low, maybe. Maybe 15,000 I left out of the money, you know? So I'm like, okay, I gotta get back on my grind. So I go in, I get my real estate license, and there was a guy that I was trying to uh, get on the wholesale side that didn't make sense. You know, numbers didn't make sense. So when I got my real estate license, he had two houses. He let me list those houses, and I made some money commission-wise. Oh, wow. Yes. So I just called him back, he was a pastor. I was like, hey, pastor, I forgot his name, man. I called, I called him again, I was like, hey, look, I got my license now. Those houses, look, they may not work. I cannot buy them, but look, I'm an agent now. Would you let me list them? He was cool. Let me list two houses. They were next to each other too. So I listed those two houses and then um, I made money, maybe like eight grand or something. And then, you know, I reinvested the money now into my real estate marketing. Okay, okay. Like not, not, oh, so at this, so with the first six, six grand, you really, I never, I never you put never, it back in my you business. You never put it back in the business? No, I was just living off of it. I was lazy, not working. But then when I closed my two other deals that I made $8,000 as an agent, that's, I took that 8000 That's when I started looking into like systems and, Mm. You know, like I start thinking about okay, can I hire some VAs and you know all the stuff. So, and I was at that time it was early 2019. You know, because I got my license in uh, November, put the properties on the market to list. Uh, between listing time and closing time, it's like, and then there's the holidays, so things were slow. So, so yeah. we end up closing the following year, January. So I got the money. 2019, I would say, was the year where I really took everything seriously. Mm. So, and that was the first year I also made six figures, and you know. And then he became. He went from six figures, seven figures, and and you know. So you made your first six figures doing wholesaling. Wholesaling, yes. So, so how how long? Because we know you're a, in a big time investor right now. So like, how far did your like wholesaling career go? So like in 2019, I made my first six figures. So that's when I became more consistent closing deals. Uh, I probably finished the year at the time, maybe at like 2019. Could have been. I gotta look again, but I think roughly four hundred thousand dollars. Holy Which was shit. good. It was a really yeah. good year, you know. 2020 was actually better early, but it got bad at the end, you know, because I had a couple properties I was trying to flip that was not going my way. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. it was kind of like COVID too. COVID was a great year early, but then, you know, during the holiday, I guess, you know, there was another strand of COVID or something that happened. Things kind of slowed down a little bit for me, but then 2021, that's when I made $2 million wholesaling. Mm. Yes. 2020. So you went from, two, so you went from five... 66. Mm-hmm. So 66, $400,000. 2020, actually, I made about the same, if not less. 
in terms of like wholesaling person. Yeah. Because in 2020 now, I was making money other ways now. I was also doing other, yeah. other things. But in 2021, that's when, you know, yeah, net $2 million. Holy Yeah. How big was your operation? Like how big? big so in 2021, and I partnered with my boy Marquise, we had like 40 VAs on the phone. We had 40? 40, 40 VAs cold calling. We had like- Hold on, you, four zero? Yeah, 40 VAs. We had 40 VAs on the phone. We had, we got an office. We had two offices. Uh, we had like the Dispo team, uh, transaction team. We had like four acquisition managers. So for, we went crazy. So for you to scale this, do you think for you to scale, I mean, we're going to move on. We're going to move on for wholesaling quick, but for you to scale a wholesale, this question for me, God damn it. Mm -hmm. For you to scale wholesaling, do you think that you have to, do you think that you, obviously to grow something, you got to spend yeah. money to make money. Yes. Do you feel like you needed to like, get that much stuff to scale it the way you did? Or do you yes. feel like you could have did less? Um, yes. I think, I, th I think it was needed, man, because at the time, too, like, the market was booming, you know? So you kind of needed a, yeah, yeah. you needed a, I, I needed a team <laughs> to support, like, the fulfillment of all these deals. Yeah. You know, like, because it was a lot of hedge funds in the market. They, like, buying at any crazy. price. Yeah. So you need people. You need, like, the more people you had, the more money mm -hmm. you make. It was kind of like, like that, you know? And the more you're willing to spend, the more you make. And um, but I think that to a certain extent, you know, you can operate at a smaller scale and still make a lot of money. But my take on wholesaling as as its own strategy is that you can't really scale wholesaling to become like a multi. Like I don't know. Like maybe I'm I'm wrong, but I don't see a wholesaling just wholesaling operation being like a. 50 million dollar business yeah i don't think it's so hard. like I so, don't you, think so, so be, keeping that in mind i already knew like making two million dollars three million dollars was already like i'm maybe top one percent you know right i already yeah. knew that like i'm already playing in the top one percent making millions of dollars just wholesaling what i would recommend people is to diversify use wholesaling as a way to make money but then you need to start renovating some houses and buying a holding and maybe getting some creating financing creative creative financing Maybe that's how you get to overall maybe ten million dollars or more. You know, that's kind of my idea. But yeah, but I absolutely needed to spend more money to make money. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. So I, after that, I mean, so after that year, as you made two million, what done on you? Like, cause I know obviously you were, you started. Obviously, you were buying property at that time, or yeah, you? I was already kind of buying properties, flipping. So everything I'm talking about right now is wholesale revenue. Yeah. But clearly I was flipping houses and making money other ways. So I made you another making million dollars other ways. Yeah, I was flipping a lot of houses too. I made like $1.3 million flipping houses. And I was doing some businesses with my sister. You know, she was sending me some designer clothes for the low. I was selling to some people for more. I was just getting into anything. Into the bag. I was getting to the bag. I made a lot of money, man. I probably finished 2021 like it probably like what four million dollars something damn so so what happened you so what so what probably what did, did i'm no i'm just guessing i'm not sure did you did you get tired of hustling um yeah because i mean because obviously wholesaling it's, I, a hustle, it's a hustle bro like i get tired of it now and i ain't even did as much for me for me it was not so much getting tired of the hustle it was just getting tired of the same the like because i was not the one doing the wholesaling. i had a team right but it's the you know what's the word like just people quit like so much man oh uh, turnover the turnover that's what i'm looking for like just having to deal with new people every six months it was like man and then on top of that it's still a hustle man like you're only as good as your last deal yeah you know so later we clear up a month we close 15 deals but then the next month we start over yeah you know what i'm saying it don't like, matter yeah those 15 deals don't matter the next month you know so yeah. it's kind of like you know i kind of started thinking like man like you gotta kind of start buying and holding properties because they're more predictable 
You know, I know some people try to make wholesaling a predictable business, but I don't think that wholesaling is meant to be predictable. Wholesaling is meant to be a strategy you use to get cash. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that's where it ends. Most people don't understand it. Um, <laughs> most people don't understand wholesaling is literally just an extra it's strategy. strategy. It's just a strategy. It's, it's an extra strategy. Yeah. So that means you have a property. You can buy the property. You can do other things with the property. But if you're not in position to buy, that's why you wholesale it to make money. Right. That's what wholesaling is meant for. You know, real estate is meant to be bought. Yeah. Right. So to really make money in real estate, you got to buy it and hold on to it. Wow. Right. But if you cannot do it, that's why you wholesale it so you can make some money and move to the next one. Now, you can, you can develop that into a full-blown operation so you can wholesale a lot of properties, but you're not supposed to wholesale as a career, man. You're supposed to wholesale, make some money, and get into buying and holding and buy some other businesses, do some other things. For sure. So, yeah. so when did you get to the point where you say, you know what, I'm going to start buying multifamily? Like, when did, when did you get to that? So to that, that was point? in 2022. Um, so actually, I was already thinking about it. In but 2020, you, were, you buy, were you buying and holding single families already? Single family, yeah. I, I sold all of them. Oh, wow. How many when, did you have before you sold uh, all of them? I had probably like nine houses. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had nine houses. So, But I sold all of them. My last one, actually, I sold in 2022. Oh, wow. Um, one of them being one, you know, personal residence. I also sold that. Like, one that I bought initially to live in. What I made sold. you do that? I just, I to don't sell know. all your properties. What made you say, you know, I'm going to sell all my single First of all, I needed cash to get into bigger things. And okay. second of all, I just didn't like the... The you know like I think that the the multifamily makes more sense because not only the rental income is higher, tax benefits are better, and also like the vacancy risk. You know, I just think that like think about it. If you have thirty units, right? If you have thirty units and you have five vacancies, you still got twenty five people paying your rent. But if you have one house and you don't have a tenant, you gotta carry the mortgage. Yep, that's you know what I'm saying. So I think that it just made sense for me to getting to more diverse tenant base which was multifamily you know you buy one property you have multiple tenants i mean it's a lot more work but when you you know when you crack the code you know it makes sense you know do you think you crack the code uh, i'm still i'm still working man i think i'm early in what i'm doing um but i'm around people that are, that already had cracked the code you know so and it's helpful you know just be surrounded by the right people you know so so 2022, you started. So what, so what was that first deal that you, that you got that made you say, you know what, let me go ahead and obviously you, had, you sold the other properties mm-hmm. that you had. Did you sell those before you got into multifamily? Yeah, I did, actually. I sold them early in the year. Like okay. early, my last house that I sold was 2022, like early. It was cold. I think it was February or something. Okay, okay, I got yeah. you. So when, by what time did you say, you know what, let me go ahead and get this multifamily? So I already, I already had the plan, right? Right. But my first deal was closed in June of that year, 2022, May or June. So I already had the property on the contract in April, closing up in 60 days later in June, and it was 17 units. And um, yeah, I never looked back since then, man. I closed 17 units in June, closed, uh, I think in August, I closed seven units. And I think the following month, I closed 25 units. And after that, in November, I closed 80 units. In 80? Gen- yes, 80 units. And then uh, in uh, January of this year, 2023, I closed 64 units. And then last month, I just closed on 60 units. Congratulations. And I'm looking at 136 units right now that I got to buy. Hold on, hold on. So let's, let's just backtrack. We're going to backtrack because, oh, my goodness. Let's backtrack to that first deal. So, like, money-wise, like, how do you even approach that deal? Like, did you have to put money down? Did you buy yeah. it all cash? Did you raise funding? Or, like, how did so, you even, like, approach that? On, on my first deal, it was a mixture of both. It was a mixture of 
raising capital from friends and uh, also putting my own money on my first deal, you know? And um, I already had investors that I was working with that were already investing in my single family endeavors. Mm. So they were already giving me some money. Let's say give me 20 grand to like, um, to buy a house, flip it and pay them, you know, some dividends or pay them back with profit. Uh, so we already had built that trust, you know? Right. So when I was ready to go to bigger things, I kind of reached, I reached back out to my friends to get into a deal with them. So it was easy. So I needed about $315,000 for my first deal, 17 units. I bought it for $2 million. So that was the down payment that I needed. So I raised it partly. And then, you know, I kind of threw in an extra, like maybe a hundred thousand dollars of my money and bought that first deal. But since then I raised capital really for most of my deals. You know, I may have some skin in the game depending on what I'm short on, but yeah, I really use a lot of private money in terms of like raising capital to, for my, all my deals. So how do you, how, so obviously just people that you work with in the past. So what's the importance of being able to make sure you conduct good business and actually growing relationships? And how did you meet these individuals? So like one thing I really go by is that like at the end of the day, I know you guys, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I own all these properties and, you know, I do pretty well for myself. But what I really have is my name, bro. Like, yeah. You got to keep your damn clean in the streets, man. Like, so. Especially real estate is a small world. Yeah, real estate is such a small, small world. So I've done such good business with a lot of people that it's easy for me to get introduced for the next guy. So you ask me, how did I meet these people? But it's really like the people that I've done good business with, they introduced me to the next guys. Because the way successful people work is that we don't compete. We collaborate. So if I'm making money, if I have a play with you, right? If I know, yo, my guy Mike, man, I got a play that's making me all this money. I'm not going to keep it for myself. Right. I'm going to probably talk to my guy here. I'm like, look, man, look, I see you making some bread, bro. I know somebody that can do this with your money. And before you know it, you're in front of him now. I yeah. talk to the next guy. Like, that's the thing. A lot of guys that I know now were introduced to me because I've done good, good business with one person and they just felt compelled to introduce me to somebody else that may need my services. Now, when that's you, what it is. <clears throat> Hold on. Now, when you go into these deals, like, were you going into them, like, for the equity? Were you going to it for, like, the monthly cash flow? Or were you going into it because you saw, like, a potential to build generational wealth? It's all that, man. Like, so, obviously, you got the equity, the equity side, you know, which is good because when you refinance, you can pull some cash. You know, I mean, it's a lot of money when it comes to multifamily. We're talking millions of dollars. Yeah. And uh, you got the cash flow. I always tell people, yes, you got to buy for the cash flow because... That's what pays you every month. That's what you live off of is the cash flow. And um, generational wealth as well because, you know, like the way I strategize and the way I structure my real estate stuff is that I buy them now. I work, you know, I work hard to stabilize the assets, make some cash flow, make some good money. But by the time my son, for example, my son is seven years old now. By the time he's 20 years old, I'm going to have lower debt on my properties. I'm going to have, they're going to be more stable. The rent is going to be higher they're going to really reap the benefit of my hard work, you know? Or when I pass away, you know, my family is going to inherit all these properties because they're all covered by life insurance. So if I have debt on the property, you know, I... So for example, let me just give you guys more, a better example, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So if I have a property right now that has $5 million mortgage debt, right? <coughs> so what I do is I... Every time I buy real estate... I also get a life insurance policy. Mm. Okay? Every time I buy real estate, I also get a life insurance policy. Every time? Every time. Or if I have a big enough policy, then that's fine. I'm not, I may not buy one. Okay. But if, let's say, I acquire a new debt and that, you know, that exceeds my policy, my value, mm, okay. then I need yeah. to get a bigger policy to just cover all my debt. So I just make sure that my life insurance policies are always 
more than my debt plus more. Like essentially, like I need to pay off my debt and have an excess of cash for my family. So, so the way it works is, so if I have a f- property right now, let's say I have a 60 unit that has $5 million in debt, right? Assuming that let's say the debt stays the same until I pass away, right? Because I may, gonna, I may refinance a few times or the debt may go up. Maybe it's going to end up being $8 million of debt by the time I'm older, let's say I'm 80 years old, God calls me, whatever. What's going to happen is my insurance policy is going to pay off through my trust, of course. Yeah. Because you set up a trust. Because you got trust. Uh, yes. Okay. Gotta got to have a trust, man, because the trust kind of dictates on how you, how the money is allocated. Right. You know? So what happened is if I, when I pass away, because we are going to die, we're all going to. That's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. Right. So when I pass away, the money goes to my trust from an insurance policy. So my trust is a beneficiary of my insurance. My trust now will pay off all my debt, my current debt at a time, right? So it's going to be family meeting to figure out where are my debts and my accountant at the time, whatever, right? Pay off all my debts and the excess in cash goes to my family and based on however I decided how they're going to receive the cash. Of course, it's not going to be a one lump sum, right? They're going to get in and some other cash is going to be invested into more real estate and more stock in the stocks and all the things to grow that money again, right? So if I have $5 million in debt and my insurance policy is $10 million, what's going to happen is it's going to go to my trust, my trust is going to pay off the $10 million, and my family is going to get a free and clear property, by the way, right? They get a free and clear piece of real estate, and they get an excess in cash that they can reinvest for the next generation, and they can repeat the cycle. They can take free and clear property, they're going to cash flow, and whenever they need to mortgage it to pull some cash, they can do it, and we can repeat the cycle generations after generations. So is this the so obviously real estate and health insurance? That's been a lot life of life insurance. Yes. Life insurance. My bad. I have insurance, but life insurance is the best way to build. In your opinion, is the best way to build yes. generational wealth. In my opinion, I think that life insurance is is the hack, man. Like think about it. We all have a death sentence when yeah. we're here. We are going to die. Yeah. I just don't understand how people don't have life insurance. I really don't get it. So you know something is going to happen. Think about it. If you knew you were going to get in a car accident, would you not get a car insurance so that way you can cover your repairs? Yeah. yeah. This is literally life. We all know we are going to die at some point, so we all need to have life insurance so we can take care of our families. You know? Right. So with me and real estate, I know I have businesses, I have real estate, and I have debt. I don't want my family to inherit debt. I want them to inherit free and clear properties. So what I do is I buy real estate, I borrow against it. So when I die, they're going to be paid off and my family is going to inherit free and clear properties and they can do what they want to do with it. You know, they can repeat their cycle. They can borrow against it as well to get some cash and they can, you know, go on to uh, invest in whatever they want to invest in. And uh, But then again, my life insurance policy, my life insurance policies will also give them an excess of cash that they can also invest in the stock market or yeah. businesses and real estate, whatever. So that's the best way to do it, man. Like, this is a strategy that people are starting to call buy, uh, buy, borrow, and die. They, they're calling it this. You know, I think that's what it's called now. It's like you buy real estate, you, uh, you grow up, you pull all your cash out, all the equity out to do whatever you, you do. Oh, you wow. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Yeah, so think about it. You buy real estate right now, you can keep your debt low when you're young, but when you grow up, you can pull your equity out. So you, you can leave off of you're it. Already old. You're already old. You're already old. You can pull all your equity out, right? So you have all this debt. But then when you die, you have life insurance, insurance policy. Just pay off your out. debt. Done. And then your family takes it. Repeat the cycle. 
That's, a li- that's the oh hack. Oh my goodness. So life insurance, man, it's the hack, man. If you don't have life insurance, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Don't worry, I'll be getting it on Monday, guys. You got and they get it when you're young, man. Like, when you're young, you get the best rate. It's cheaper, man. I got I got a lot of policy, but I got one one million dollar policy that I got when I was 29. I paid fifty dollars for it a month. It's a meal. It's a meal, bro. A meal. That's a million dollars. If anything happens to me, my family can get a meal. But all it costs me is a fifty dollar, man. Okay. I don't even sell life insurance, but I appreciate it because I know the power of life insurance, bro. People don't think it makes sense because ah, oh, we don't want to talk about death. But I think that. Every family gotta really start sitting down and really like talking about real shit, bro. Definitely, and we definitely shouldn't. And that's- shoot, you got a wife here, man. Y'all gonna really have to have a plan. Yeah, you know, you gotta have a plan. So you're gonna have to have a faith plan, which means what do you guys believe in, right? In terms of your religion and you know your your, your faith system and what do you guys want your kids to believe in and your grandkids and all that stuff. Right. It's important to be intentional about it. Okay. 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 That's number one plan you gotta have. The second plan you gotta have is your health plan. Right. So obviously there are exterior factors, right? You married your wife, you know, she came with, she came with her history and you came with your history. So can't, you cannot fully control it, but you can be intentional about going to the gym and eating clean and that kind of stuff, which I'm sure you're doing already. Yeah. I see you in the gym. Right. And the third plan you're going to have is your financial plan, which includes all the stuff. You know, how do you make sure you live financially secure now and how do you secure the financial future of your family? So these are three plans you got to have. Like you can't, Live this life blindly, bro. I had to write that down after this. Yes, man. So <laughs> uh, th- this is how you move, man. You gotta have all these three plans, and I got that's you. How you live. Man. So, so when you when you're starting when you're starting to trust mm-hmm. and you're and you're building a trust, how where's the? I'm, I'm not gonna ask the, the, the all the details of. I just I'm not in this state attorney, man. I can't really give you the details, but go ahead. Yeah, for just, sure. Just, I'm not. Just, like, I'm just saying, like, where does somebody even start to even start building a trust? Like, what man, Google, man, Google is the best. Man. You know, you <laughs> can sure. Google start a trust. You're gonna find some attorneys. Man, you can pay $100 a month for that shit, bro. Wow. Real life. Yeah. There are a lot of things. Look, <laughs> you, know what's, what, you know what I found out? It, there are a lot of buzzwords or big terms that people think that are only for the wealthy. But that's not true. Do you understand that you can have a trust even if you work at McDonald's? Do you understand that? Like, wow. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even trying to down talk anybody that works at McDonald's, yeah, but I'm just trying to paint the picture of you don't have to be wealthy to have a trust. Right, you can budget it. You can pay a monthly fee to an attorney, which can be a hundred dollars a month, to set up your family trust. You set up your will, that kind of stuff, and then you can have a life insurance policy that will, you know, you you um, you can appoint your trust as the beneficiary. So that way, you may not have made the money when you're living, but if you die, you're gonna have millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars that will go to the trust, and your family now will be, you know, you can have trust funds, baby. Yeah. Okay, okay. You can have trust funds, babies. And people, that's what I want. People think that trust funds, babies, must come from wealthy families. Nah, uh, bro. Yeah. Just if responsible parents that set up a trust and set up a life insurance policy, and when they, whenever they pass away, the babies or the grandkids have the money. Taken care of. Okay, okay. It's all good. So it's now we good. know that you need to get a trust, and we need something to pass down to Trust and life kids. insurance policy. A trust and life insurance policy. Yeah. But we know right now that you grew a $44 million real estate empire. Yeah. So just, can you just walk us through the multiple deals that you went through to acquire that amount of... Um, so yes, my first estate? deal was the smallest one. It was $2 million. So the way it works is, the way we uh, estimate the value is, 
So I bought it for two million dollars, but the value of the deal is really a three point four million dollar deal. So just simp- the same way you you buy a single family house, right? So you have the purchase price, mm-hmm. ARV, repair, same same numbers, right? So those multifamily deals, I don't care what they are, like a skyscraper downtown or like a classy in the hood, whatever. They all have purchase price, they have repair, and they have a future value. So we get appraisals to kind of tell us what the property will be when they're stable. Uh, the beautiful thing about multifamily is that the value of the property is not just estimated by the comps, they're also estimated by revenue because it's commercial real estate. Mm. So the income of your property also plays a big role, by the way, in the valuation of your property. You know, so because you have your revenue, you have the, 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 the income, Minus all your expenses. Now you have your net operating income divided by the cap rate, which you know varies per, per area. That's the value, you know, of your so, property. So what what makes first of all what makes a property um, multifamily? Like what is what is it that makes it? So, I mean, not yeah, multifamily, commercial. Commercial, like right. okay. So I think so. I was gonna actually answer that before you asked me that. So oh, okay. a few things that I gotta say, right? There are residential multifamily and commercial multifamily. So anything that's more than five units is considered commercial multifamily. But a duplex is a residential multifamily, a triplex, a quadplex, so the residential multifamily. But anything more than five units is considered commercial multifamily because the way you value the property, what makes it commercial is that the revenue component changes. changes. So that means... The business. Yeah, it's more of a business now. Every time you buy an apartment complex, you're really buying a business because now the revenue of that property plays a role into the value of the property. That's what makes it commercial. So what what makes it so what makes a uh, so you bought the first for two million what what made something a good prospect for you to buy like obviously you don't buy anything I'm pretty sure you yes. get most deals so you I look at a few things I look at a few things so I look at the obviously I want to make sure I'm buying at the right price right at the moment of purchase I want to make sure that I have enough equity because my first exit will be to refinance okay yeah. right so I want to make sure that when I purchase a property that I'm actually able to refinance within the first twenty four months. So if I don't see with the appraisal I can get now and in the, in the near future that I'm going to have enough value to refinance, let's say at a 75% or 80% LTV, and that's going to give me some cash and pay off the debt that I have currently, you know, then I mean, that may just be a pass right away, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing, of course, I look at location. And the third thing, I look at cash flow when I buy, because I want to make sure that when you buy a property, that the property can take care of itself and make you some money already. So again, I look at you know the refinance possibilities, uh, location, and cash flow, and quite honestly, man, most of the time when I buy my properties, it's just a gut feeling, man. Mm. I can just go somewhere, I just know it's a deal. It may not make sense right away, but I just believe in my ability to perform and be able to achieve what I'm trying to get to. So I may not have all the cash flow right away, but I can see the vision. I can say, well, you know, I got a couple vacant units, so if I turn these units. I'm going to achieve the cash flow that I want, you know, you mean, but location is always important though. There's one thing I never negotiate is a location. I want to make sure it's always in a good location for me. I got you. I got you. Everything yeah. else I can kind of like negotiate a little bit, but location wise, got to be yeah. adequate location for me. Yeah. And with 44 million in real estate, what does that look like as far as like monthly cash flow? So like the, the best way I can tell you is that you, you don't look at the, value of the the real estate to determine cash flow you just look at the number of doors right now i'm at 274 doors on average i can net 300 400 per door just do the math yeah do the math 
Yeah, that's kind of how <laughs> you, you want to do the math. Two hundred and seventy-four doors times, what you say, three hundred? Yeah, do four hundred. Four hundred. Yeah, so that's kind of what you make because people pay rent. You can you can take it down to three hundred. That's fine. But um, so because let's say you can gross overall, you can gross like two hundred thousand dollars, right? Let's say one property brings in two hundred thousand dollars, but you got expenses, you got you know property, you got staff, you got maintenance, you got things that kind of you got bills really like you know and then you got unexpected things like the other day on one of my properties the tree, a tree fell on it you know obviously it's an insurance thing that we can recoup but we got to fix it first yep so that's an expense that we got to have you know so you we kind of save for that too but yeah on average in multifamily even in single family you can make about $300 per door oh my god okay i got you 3 400 I'm just trying to see is it okay if i say this number of course. <laughs> so he said cash flow monthly. Yeah. But anywhere, three, I just anywhere, did 300. I just did 300. Yeah, so anywhere I'm between a, 82 to 100,000. I don't want to disclose my cash yeah. flow because I don't I want people you. to be calling me now. Yo, send me some money. Yeah, I but, feel you. I feel you. But anywhere, <laughs> if he got 400 doors, 109,000, and they all pay rent, of course, guys. Stop yes. counting his pockets. You don't know if they they may not be paying rent. Yeah, two hundred and seventy four <laughs> doors right now. Yeah, and then or it could be. You can 80, make you about a hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah, for sure. On average, yeah. Which is that? Which is amazing. And obviously, refinancing is a big thing in this game because the reason being is it because you you're paying your they only investing for a short amount of time. So the what? people that I've raised the capital from uh -huh. they invest for a maximum of two years. So oh okay, which also happened to be a good time for me to also refinance. So it's kind of like it works for me, right? So when I refinance, I can pay back my investors and I can keep the excess cash to potentially buy another building or do what I want, you know, just keep the money, whatever. Uh, okay, good. Okay. So for good. example, let me just actually give people the refinance numbers, right? Okay, so okay, yeah. I got one deal that I really love. What it, if, so, well, break, what is refinance? Let me break that down for them first, then go on. Yes. So to refinance is essentially you buy a property with, a, with, a, with, a, with debt, right? So you can get in a deal with, let's say, hard money, for example, right? Or a bridge debt. Bridge debt, bridge debt is short term, but the good thing about bridge debt and hard money is that it has a repair component to it, right? So they don't only give you money for purchase, but they also carry you through renovations, mm. okay? And you really use those debt, those loans, kind of don't, loans, only for properties that actually have equity. You cannot use it for a property that does not have equity. Okay, okay. okay. So now, how do you tap into that equity? You need to do some improvement to the property yep. to realize that value, right? To really get to that, the, 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 the potential value of the property. So what we do is we get a bridge loan. We buy the property. We have the repair component included in the loan. Right. We do the repairs. Now that we realize the value of the property, right? Let's say you buy something. I'll give you a real example. So I buy a property for $6.4 million that's really worth $13 million. Okay? I spend half a million dollars to repair the property. Right, and then I take it back to the bank. I refinance. Now they see that I fixed up the property and the rent is up and everything is good. The revenue, the revenue justifies the new value. Now they give me seventy five percent of thirteen million dollars as a new loan. That's mm. what refinancing is. Right. In some cases, eighty percent. But let's just say the average is really seventy five percent. So if you do seventy five percent of thirteen million dollars, tell me what the number is. So you just do thirteen million dollars times seventy five. Thirteen million dollars times point seventy five. One more zero <laughs> times point seventy five. So you got nine point seven thousand seven million dollars, right? So you got a nine point seven million dollar 
new loan, right? But remember, oh, I bought yeah. the property for $6.4 million. My down payment was $4 million. Sorry, my bad. My down payment was $2 million. So my actual debt was only $4 million. Now I got a new loan for $9.7 million. Yep. So let's take off the initial loan of $4 million. So take $4 million. Right? And then that's $5 million. But also take off, take off the $500,000 of repairs because it's also part of the debt. So now you got $5.2 million to you cash free. So uh, tax free, by the tax, way. Because yeah. debt, they can't take debt. debt. They can't, they can't, you cannot get taxed on debt. So you got $5 million on you coming your way as refinance proceed tax free. And you've done this on pretty much all of your property up to this point. Obviously up to this point, not all of them. All of them. I, I still, yeah, yeah, I've done it on a few You're working properties. on yeah. some still. And I've done it on single families and, you know, we're doing it on multifamily now. Wow. Yes. So single family refinance works. Clearly, the numbers are smaller, but it still makes sense. You can buy a house for $100,000. You can renovate the house. Let's say you put in another thirty. The, the ARV is $200,000. You refinance. 75% of $200,000 is one, what, one forty, I think, one forty-five yeah. maybe. And you pay off the one twenty. Now you got twenty grand. For over, sure. Over the, so if somebody want, so if somebody want to try to get into this right now, like what what are the steps they should be taking? Should they be wholesaling first? Is that what you tell them to do, or should they be just trying to save their money I, up? I think I think it's more so like, I think that you gotta get the basics of real estate. So either you can flip some houses first, or wholesale, but um. I, I, you got to educate yourself one way or another. Right. That's the point. Like, I don't care if you're going to have to wholesale to get the education or flip some houses to understand how real estate works. But I would not recommend just getting straight into big deals. Like, you bust your head 20 units. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to handle, you know? Yeah. So I would say maybe flip a few houses or own a few houses and then grow. Like, just take it one step at a time, man. Like, look, I bought my first multifamily unit when I was already almost, I mean, five years in the game. I'm not saying that you have to be five years in the game, but just to kind of put it in perspective, it took me a long time. You know, yeah, for sure. To to get here, so don't rush the process, man, because you're gonna burn yourself if you rush it. Definitely, That's what definitely. It is. Yeah. So what, what what obviously your whole message is pretty much for this whole thing is generational wealth. Absolutely, like my my whole message is that you gotta buy real estate. Really, like the thing is, I encourage everybody to buy real estate. I don't care if it's multifamily. I like multifamily, and of course, I'm biased. I'm gonna push people towards multifamily, but what's some? I was just gonna ask. Like, so, what are some other ways, mm -hmm. like, I, for four or five ways that you can tell someone to build, start building generational wealth? Four ways. They, give me four. Give me just give me four. Okay, buy real estate, buy real estate, buy real estate, and buy real estate. <laughs> that's I'm it. just telling you, that's it. Like, and then don't forget the life insurance. Yes, I guess it's fifth way. All right, know? fifth way. So yes. five ways to build generational wealth. Yes, buy real estate, buy real estate, buy real estate, buy real estate, and get life insurance. <laughs> that's what In that order. I'm just being honest. So now, to be honest, okay, if I'm going to be fair, you can have businesses, right? You can get into private equity. You can get into um, other businesses. But real estate is the best way for you to conserve and preserve that wealth. Right. So you can making money is one thing. That's the thing. Like I, I think that people are using generational wealth now as a buzzword, right? Because they make money, they think they're making generational wealth. Yeah, no. You yeah. only you only hear this. You only can talk about generational wealth when you're not starting to talk about money that you are not even gonna touch. benefit touch. Yeah. You know, like money that you're not even gonna benefit from. Like we're talking about money that people that you would never know will benefit from. 
That's when you're talking about generational wealth. So if you have a business right now that's making you good money, you're driving a nice car, you're living in a nice house, that's not generational wealth, bro, because you that's your wealth. You know what I'm saying? That is. That's generational true. wealth is money that future generations, because that's literally what it is, generational wealth. is money that future generations are going to touch. So if you haven't set up anything that really will guarantee that to happen, you haven't built generational wealth. So the best way for me is however you make money, buy real estate to preserve your wealth, right? Because it's real and have life insurance to protect that wealth in terms of if you pass away, you know, whatever you got going on can be paid off with life insurance, all the debt can be paid off and set up a trust, you know, however you want it. That's all. Man. Yeah. This is this blowing my mind because obviously, you know, I'm, we, we in a wholesale, so it's kind of just like, you know, we're going every day. Oh, you get a check, you get a check, you get a check. But it's like, yeah, but just keep in mind that yeah. you get a check because, dude, I was wholesaling too. So I'm not even like, it's a good, it's a good way to make money, man. You yeah, can make sure. a lot of fucking money wholesaling. Like, I, by the way, I tell everybody, yes, tap in with these guys, learn how to wholesale. It's a good way to make money. And I love wholesaling because anybody can really do this shit. And anybody. I mean, I like anybody. anybody. Like, and that's why I love wholesaling. It's an opportunity to anyone that want to ever get into real estate to start something and make themselves some money. But keep in mind what your end goal is. So if you want to buy a multifamily, family, stack some bread up, man. Stack some bread up or just get so good that you can raise the money to buy some buildings. That's what it is. For sure. And, and, that's, and that's, what I, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, all right, cool. Cause I close on, we close, I close smaller deals, made my deals average five to 10,000, mm-hmm. right? Cause I just work in a small, I don't do Atlanta mm-hmm. or like a big market. So I'm like, okay, cool. Do I have to raise that much money? Or like you said, now I think about it, I got some good connections. Cause I got people that literally tell me like buyers, that's like, I'm willing to lend you on anything. Like, yeah. whenever. Use those, use those lenders for flip, single family flip. Right, which I have before. Exactly. Do a few of them, build a trust. You can go back to this lender like, hey, look, I'm about to buy five units. They will trust you. And after that, you come back a couple months, couple months later, hey, I got 20 units. You already build the trust because so they're, build they're not really, inve- okay, obviously they're investing in a deal, but they're really investing in you. That's true. That's what it is. So if you've built the trust and you build the connection, man, you'll be all right. You, you're absolutely going to get, that's what happened to me, man. Like I had people since I was doing wholesaling, flipping houses that I already built the trust. So it was easy for them to just trust me like on my next move. Yeah. And just keep your name clean, man. That's what it is. I got you. I got you. So I, I got so with so obviously you have you have a family, right? So Yes, I have a family. I have a wife and two kids right now. Yes. Oh my goodness. So how is that like especially when you first started and you've been in business, like how is that? Like how are you able to are are you balancing that or I mean obviously right now your stuff is so right is now, it more passive right now, or it's like you're more into No, I'm still it. active, man. Like okay. okay, so I'm creating passive income, but I love working, so it doesn't bother me to be involved in my business. I have an amazing assistant, by the way. Shout out to Erica. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's my boss at this point. She yeah. runs my business. Like, right. She tells me what to do, right. for real. But um, so yeah, I set up a staff that handles a lot of things. I'm not as I'm not stressed to work. If it makes sense, I don't wake up and run to work. I gotta be at the office. That's not my life, right? I can wake up whenever, but I still work. You know, I need to be involved. I got meetings. I got calls to make. I got sometimes I gotta show up certain places and make sure things go go right but um so I'm, but eventually you know the goal is to make it completely passive but i enjoy working so i don't aspire to passive income i don't care yeah, i don't but, think yeah, i'm gonna retire like i, I don't care like yeah. i don't think there's gonna ever be a time where i'm gonna stop working like it's just that work is gonna look different and then when you do what you love it doesn't even look like work it doesn't feel like work like i just do what i love you know it's like i don't care how old i am i may take longer vacations eventually but i'm always gonna look into my business and take meetings and do what i gotta do 
Right. Get creative and, you know, stay around people, keep you fresh, you know. Is your family involved into your business at all? Yes, my wife actually. So now that's a good point. So as I progressed to multifamily, of course, I never got rid of the single family side. So my wife is the one that she created a business around single family. So she's heavy on flipping houses right now. Oh, wow. So I kind of coached her into making sure that we can keep that around because single family is still a good asset class, you know. So you guys, you guys still exit. buying? Yes, we're still buying. It's easy to exit. I might got a deal for you. Oh, you do? Man, let's talk. Seriously, I'll do for real. You do? Okay, after this, we'll buy, baby. We'll close like, <laughs> if it's good, we'll close. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's kind of funny because as I was driving here, I'm looking at all these houses. I still got the hunger in me, man. I was like, man, like, I can catch me a little flip here or something. Yeah. But then my, my wife, actually, she's the one that flips houses. She does all the stuff. So, um, and the reason why I never wanted to get rid of the single family side, at least when it comes to flipping, is just easy to exit. Yeah. Right? Like, you can buy a house today, fix it up, and get rid of it in two, three months. Okay. Make your money. You're not going to be able to do that in multifamily. No? That's why. That's why I don't even buy it to sell it. I buy it to hold it because selling multifamily is a way longer process, man. Okay. Do you think it's important to have, like, your spouse or whoever you're with to be involved in the business or... Yes, I think... I mean, look, you don't have to if the, she's not into it. Right. But, but um, interest. But she, my wife has been interested in it, and okay. why not? I'm, you know, I'm the best person to coach her. I mean, you know, what, who else to coach you into something than your spouse? You know? Yeah, that's true. It's a great, great partnership, you know? So, uh, yeah, my wife is in the business now, uh, and it's been amazing, man. She actually has a property right now that she just finished up. So we're looking to kind of, like crank it up for her a little bit more because she's been doing one at a time. Now I kind of feel like she's at a space where she can start doing two, three at a time now. Does it be for, I mean, so obviously with her being in business, does that, does that, so most businessmen, when they're in business, they, mm -hmm. their wife don't understand the business that they're doing. So they're like, oh my gosh, you're working so much, are you busy? Does this, does this help It, it was a problem before, yes. It was a problem It was before. absolutely a problem where there was arguments about work and that kind of stuff. But I think it helps now. Now I feel like we can talk about the same things now. Yeah. You know, and we, the beautiful thing is that my wife is so amazing, bro. Like she, for me, like I don't, if I have a stressful day at work, I don't want to come home and talk about work. So she does a good job. Even if we're talking about the same things now in the same business, she does a good job nurturing me in other aspects too. So instead of just talking business all day, you know? Right. So, so that's really helpful. Yeah, and, and I, I've heard people say, say, say stuff like, you know, they don't get their wife in business or whatever, or the reason they have trouble is because they don't know how to turn the business off. Yeah, but my wife, she is, I, I guess, I don't know, man. I'll probably say that she probably gonna hate hearing this, but I think it's because she's only really doing it because she want to be a part of something with me. Yeah. But yeah. she doesn't want to stress me. She doesn't want to talk about it all the time. You know what I'm right. saying? So, yeah, she want to be a part of something with me. She believes in my leadership and... You know, and I'm just leading her. That's what it is. But it, but it does help. But but it does help your overall business, huh? Oh, it does. It does because I feel like it's we created within one family, within one industry also two streams of income. Mm. You know, and I saw it allows her to also be creative. You know, because I feel like she can flip a couple of houses, make some money, and now as an entrepreneur, she can get ambitious. She can get creative, and she can mm. start thinking about things. She can maybe get into some passion project that she may have. Right. That. Maybe if she was not really busting moves like that, she was never going to do. You know what I'm saying? She was going to either... Because as a woman, bro, like, to be honest with you, that's something she told me actually yesterday. She's like, look, I want to do certain things and I don't want to just come to you and ask you all the time. No, my wife said the same she thing. She told you that yeah. too? So, yeah. so you probably just think that, oh, she never thinks about it, but it's because she just doesn't feel like asking you. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if you put her in position to just do what? certain things, make some money, I don't care if it's 5000 10000 millions of dollars, I don't care. 
you see her getting to stuff like, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yes, because I didn't have the money, man. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. You'd be like, oh, you could have asked me. No, no. I didn't want to ask you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So that's the thing. So just push, I just put her in position to just do what she want to do. Like, that's what it is. That's really what it comes down to. Like, hey, play in the real estate space and do what you want to do. <clears throat> that's crazy. That's what it that's is. Crazy. Yeah. That's yeah, man. And well, look. It seemed like we probably been for a while. BJ got any more questions for, for, my, for my boy Ben? Yeah, you're not talking, man. I'm not talking to him. You don't me? Really talk, <coughs> hey, I just been sitting back now here soaking it up. I don't cap because this hey, has... You got to ask me a question, man. He, he, has, he hasn't really been talking, man. Uh, what happened, man? <laughs> let's see, let's see, let's see. This has just been one of those episodes, though. You know what I mean? Like, this is one of those episodes where... Because obviously, we're all in the same space, yeah. right? So it's kind of like we aspire to be where you are. Appreciate it, man. So it's just like... It's like... Dang, it's like I only want to. That's why I was just like, You talk. I'm like, I want to hear it. I want to see how how can I do the same thing. I'm going to talk to you after this, too. Because I mean, it's just what it is. But BJ, you got to ask him a question. That's what he said. So, 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 like with this investing journey, do you have like anybody that you look up to that you inspire to be or like an end goal where you want to be at? Or like who's like some of those mentors that you look up to? I don't, I don't necessarily will say I aspire to be anybody, to be honest with you. Like, I really don't have anybody I look and say, I want to be this guy. But from a business angle, I, I, I have people that I like what they've accomplished. Donald Trump, you know, I read his book, actually, very smart guy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah, so. Y'all cut us off, I guess. But. No, I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm not trying to get political, bro. I'm yeah, talking business. Business, right? business. Yeah, just business. Just keep it business, yeah. right? Of course, it's not perfect, okay? Maybe in his business ventures, he's done things. I'm not aware of those. I'm speaking, what he's accomplished in real estate, you cannot deny it i'm sorry yeah his dad gave him something but that's yeah. what his dad was supposed to do that's what i'm doing for my kids so yeah. you can't handle that you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. he took his dad's business and turned it all the way up right yeah, and sure. he came with his own challenges he had to go bankrupt here and there but that's business bro we that's not what i'm here to talk about right and i'm here i'm not here to defend him i read his book I actually studied his business i understand it and it's amazing if you actually get off the news and actually pay attention you will see that this guy can actually teach you real estate yeah you know what i'm saying so donald trump is somebody yes business-wise i admire a lot grant cardon yes him too yeah i think grant that yeah grant cardon is another one i look at i have a lot of other guy uh the guys that i look at that are not necessarily in real estate i like ray dalio a lot i like uh robert smith you know robert smith yes really like he's somebody that I re i'm studying now these days because you know um Yes, and it's other African leaders in Nigeria that make a lot of money. I'm not Nigerian, by the way, but, you know, the Nigerians, you know, in terms of, like, the African continent, they're making a lot of fucking money, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I'm looking at some guys there, too. Like, so you, I just study a lot of people, man. But, yeah, the, Donald Trump is really one guy I really read a lot, man, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. I read a lot of Donald Trump, and now I'm looking at Grant Cardone, Ray Dalio, Robert Smith. These are the four top that I actually, like. That's you crazy. know, That's aspire crazy. to. You know, I just respect that because I know a lot of people just do stuff. Uh, unfortunately, our culture they, they just do it off for yeah. color. Nah, they man. just do it off of color. Money, money is great, man. Money is great. The, the U.S. dollar is, you know. Yeah. The U.S. dollar is great, man. Money has no colors, man. It's business. Is business. We gotta keep it like that, man. It's, it's it's business. You know, I know it can get personal sometimes, but. It's business, man. Yeah, for that's sure. That's what it is. And that's good. I feel like that'll probably hold a lot of people back because they just so busy. Color, they just, oh, this person, why I can't read them. I can't look up. You know, one thing I always say, right? What? I believe in black enterprise strongly. For sure. Obviously, I'm yeah. black. We all black here. I believe in black enterprise and I encourage black enterprise. And if I can hire as many black people as I can to put them in position or teach black people stuff, I'll do it. But I don't want us to have the mentality to think that you can only do business with black people. Yeah, we gotta get rid of that, man. Because there are to, certain yeah. people that are just on other 
you know, they're from other races that may be qualified to do some deals with you, go ahead and make your money because at the end of the day, you are going to get paid and you're a black person that's going to get paid. Right. You know what sure. I'm saying? That makes and sense. And you're going to use that dollar and just make sure that you inject it in a black community. community. Yep. That's, the, that's really the part where we're going to be responsible. It's not so much about let's only do business among us. We can do business with us and other people, but as long as whatever we bring back home, we are willing to inject it in our community, we're fine. Yeah, that's what it is. Dude, you know what I'm saying? That's definitely. What it is. Oh my goodness. The problem with us is that we make money and we spend it with other communities. Man, it's not so much about, it's not so much that we only do business with other people because obviously we have to do business with other communities. To. That's what it is. But we gotta spend with ourselves too. That's the problem. Hey, give me some gunshots for that, Tay. Give me some. <laughs> give me some of that, bro. Because you know I mean, he's going crazy. Give me help. Hit a ton of game, man. I mean, guys, man. It, I'm, I'm not even going. We could obviously keep going. I could keep talking. <laughs> but the thing is, though, we got we gonna go, we might have to have a part two for this one. We might have to have a part Wait, two. We might we, we might have to have a part two. And next time, BJ just go interview you. You're gonna have to, yeah. Me and you, my bro. I was just letting him yeah, like, like, I had some yeah, questions, but I was like, go ahead. It was just it was just flowing. It was just yeah. flowing. And, that, and I can talk, man. Yeah, just for sure. That. Yeah, definitely, man. But it seemed like we probably been here for a while. So I mean, guys, you guys got to make sure that you're listening, taking notes. But before we get you out of here, right, we drop these episodes at the beginning of the week. Okay. On Tuesdays. Okay. Right? On Tuesdays, right? So we dropping it on Tuesdays. We want to make sure that these people could take something from this episode and implement it this week. Something they could do this week and actually mm -hmm. get their lives better or actually better their lives this week. Okay. Right? So we call it give them something. We want you to give us some game they can actually take and just implement this week to get better, whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, or spiritually. It could be anything. It's gonna be just some spiritual shit. Alright, and just look at that camera right there. So look, a lot of people, they say they want to do something, right? And I was that guy. I, was, I, had, I have dreams and I had all the stuff, right? But I'm going to keep it simple. I'm not going to be overly uh, inspirational. I'm not going to give you guys some cliche stuff. You're just going to have to stop bullshitting yourself. That's sure. really what I got to tell you. So if you really want something, right, it's as simple as go after it. One of my mentors told me this. You need to want that thing as much as you want to breathe when you're underwater, just picture this. Close your eyes right now and picture this. You're underwater and you're out of breath. You see how bad you want to, you want to breathe? That's how bad you got to want it for whatever it is. So, and by the way, you can actually go find a pool somewhere, get under the water, <laughs> and actually just stay there for a minute. You will see how bad you want to breathe, right? And guess what's going to happen? You're going to get out the damn pool. You're going to breathe. So that's what you got to fucking do in real life. Like, stop bullshitting, man. People, people DM me all the time. They say they want to do something. and want to tell them what it takes. They just fold. That means you're bullshitting the whole time. So stop playing, man. Like, look at yourself in the mirror and just keep it real with you. Like, either you're about it or you're not. Okay? It's that simple. So I'm not even trying to tell you guys all the beautiful, inspirational shit. I'm just telling you guys some real stuff. Make it happen this week, man. Stop bullshitting this week. That's all I got to tell you. And that's it, guys. We respect it. Where can they find you at on social media, anything like that? Yeah, my IG is B-F-W-E-L-O. It's Benny Fuelo. Just, you know, DM me, follow me, all that good stuff, man. I got some stuff. That's, what, that's the thing, man. Like, for real, for a lot of things that people can really do, if they follow me, I'm going to start sharing a lot more stuff on my IG. So just stay tuned, man. Just follow me. He's not hard to find. He's not hard to find, guys. And, guys, you know, you can find us on Instagram at underscore on the porch. And if you are on here right now, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And go over to all the platforms. If you listen on Spotify, 
um, Apple Podcasts, whatever that is. Leave us five stars. Say something nice. Move us, up, move us up those charts. And if you feel like Benny just gave you tons of gain and you got something out of this, go and leave a super chat. Go and leave a super chat. And we're going to have, we'll join the membership because we're going to have people like Benny come on once a yes, month sir. and just go ahead and speak to you guys and give you guys some game that he didn't even give on here. And make sure you follow me on Instagram at underscore Mr. Dot Mindset and you'll see everything I got going on. BJ. Hey, y'all go ahead and follow me at underscore BJ Real Man. But most importantly, y'all go follow us, like, comment, and subscribe at underscore on the porch. We're on all platforms. We're not hard to find. We drop an episode every Tuesday, guys. Just giving back to you guys and just giving y'all a lot of game. Like I said, we're going guess for guess for guess. Like we have a major guest on today on hey, forty-four man. million in He's real estate. Ma- you major, you major. Hey man, hey man, hey man, and we out, man. Hey, you're crazy. I could be watching.